You ready, Jenna? Yes, sir. Are you really ready? Mm-hmm. You have to go pee? No. I, don't I think. already snapped. Too late. <laughs> I'm your host, Modingo, and with me with a red cup of, no, this is from bro. the twins, right? Yeah, my nephews. The twins made this? Yeah. Uh, and the twins are? Jared and Justin Younce. Spell that. Uh, Y-O-U-N-C-E. Okay, and on Instagram, they also have a- Reflection Official. Yeah, yeah Reflection Official. They have a country music band, but don't let with the country K. title fool you. Nah. Because they play everything. There's some rangy dudes. Um, uh, they're, they're a little bit of everything. Yeah. They're all over the place. I, I like the, um, when they do the rendition of, a uh, put that country music white boy. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, with me with that red cup from beer from his nephews is Brose Canseco. Man, I wish I had some of his roids. <laughs> I mean, seriously. He had that good, good bro. I mean, that was back in the chicken breast, late baby. 80s, <laughs> late eighties, early nineties yeah. where they had that high, that high quality equine steroids that you could just get on the street. Yeah. They never tested for <laughs> smash brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Went from two Oh five to two thirty five in one off season. Yeah, if you want to see what steroids can do for you, take a look at, uh, bear bonds. Uh, no, Mark McGuire is rookie year. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he was what, like 19. Look at Barry bonds is rookie year <laughs> when his head was normal shape. <laughs> And someone who is with us that is not on steroids is Jenna Fisher. Supposedly. <laughs> I wish I was. She is a dishwasher safe and PED free. <laughs> how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I am well. Good. Enjoying a lovely can of O2. Yep. And uh, don't you do some work for them? Yeah, I do their product photography sometimes. Oh, they're getting, they're getting kind of blowed up, man. Sponsoring uh, some bigger and bigger stuff. I think they mainly use my stuff for like emails or promotions. Oh, like they're um, like marketing. They're stuff, okay. They're, yeah. they're, they're literature and stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And do they pay you an O2? Yep. Hell yeah. Do a little trade. <laughs> Cheap at even twice the price. They are what out of Columbus? Bro? Yes. Yes. I've been an addict for a long time. Yeah. It's good stuff. Not I used to of, literally not, drink three a day. Not a lot of bubbles. No. Nope. Good for you. There's gains inside. There's no chemicals like <laughs> very true, but you will not get nearly as many gains as if you rock one of those one more rep podcast t-shirts guaranteed gains. Yeah. Three, what? Guaranteed gains. <laughs> I'm <laughs> congested. Mike Tyson. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm congested. It's the, it's the springtime, but anyway, you know, Doug saying your <laughs> those, uh, 315 snatch deadlifts. Yeah. Post but, pictures of them. We want to see them. Yeah. Show me that, uh, uh, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and Jose Canseco. And after pictures. Yeah. Let me see that. You won't be, you won't be deadlifting. You'd be one arm snatching it. Very true. But baseball season is in full swing. Yeah. It's one thing I really don't watch though. Really? Yeah. I guess you play it. Well, know. that's, so that was my next question. So like I played a lot of baseball, but I don't really, I can count hey. on one hand how many major league games I've been to, uh, since I stopped playing baseball in high school. Hey, you brought her on the show, man. She just hit her head on the mic. Well, I didn't. It was my foot. It dragged the. <laughs> but, you know, they're trying to make efforts to make the game a little bit faster. You know, 
but it's still a baseball game is still going to last you three hours. Three I'll hours. tell you the slowest but, game is the Dayton Dragons. Oh, but they have one of the nicest minor league ballparks. And I've we ever dance been to. and sing the whole time you, you in do? between innings. Yeah, but it's just so long. I feel like it's so much. It's the same. It's the warm ups. You know, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Major League Baseball is three hours, but mm-hmm. so is an NFL game. But but why is it easier to watch an NFL game than a baseball game? I, I think there's just a lot more going on. Every single play. Yeah. I, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts in mm-hmm. baseball. It's like you have the pitch, strike a ball, <laughs> they throw it back. They walk around the mound. They, you know, put resin on their hand. Yeah. They get the signs. Yeah. They throw it first. Get some sandpaper. Right. <laughs> Grab that big old lump of Vaseline underneath the bill. No, I don't know. I, I think that. Uh, I think at least in football, there's lots of physical action every play, even every though play, I think yeah. the average play is what, like seven seconds or something like that. But there's still a lot going on. You know, bodies clashing, mm-hmm. you know, or in baseball, like you said, you know, pitch, you know. Ball or strike, you know, throwback. But I think also it's the season. You know, it's like you have 162 games for baseball. Yeah. That's a long time. 16 games for the NFL. You lose a game. It's not like into the world. Yeah. In football, you You can't lose a game. You lose a game and that's like, oh crap. Like then you lose. If you lose three in a row, you're pretty much done. Yeah. But then in baseball, you still have 100, you know, what? 50. games. Yeah. You have 159 games left. Like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. What I've always thought was funny in baseball, like for the few odd uh, occasions when a pitcher does get suspended, oh, he's got a three-game suspension. He's really only missing one game, right? Because he <laughs> he, he only pitches four days, right? <laughs> Basically, one on four on or yeah. one on four off. Yeah, I don't know. I do. I like. I love. I like baseball, but I just don't really like to watch. It's hard it. to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch I, on TV, and it's in the the time. You know, it's during the day. There, it's in the evenings always. You know, you have your Sunday games, but do, do you remember, are you old enough to remember when Wrigley Field didn't have lights? Yeah. And all their ball games had to be during the day. They were no. the last major league baseball field to make sense to though. put lights on. And I remember when that happened, when I was a kid, that was like a big deal. And now you talk, if you say that to someone, you know, who's under 30, they're probably like, what, why the hell didn't they have lights? You know, it's, do you know why it's called the Windy City? Cause they wind. No, because of they're the politicians. What they're always Yeah. They're uh flapping their gums. Yep. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't either. Now you do. They're, hey, that's two things I've learned today. Getting knowledge bombs from from both the co hosts. Now you're on the, the training side, man. I can yeah. I got my I expand my horizons. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm gonna answer the thousand dollar question on Jeopardy, but also in today's episode, mm-hmm. I might not ever get there, but bro's gonna share with us some tools on how to reach that next, that level of high performance within your fitness. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a couple of simple ways. One, if you're over 35, get your testosterone, uh, checked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we can get some, what's that stuff that Frank Thomas sells? Speaking of baseball, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the high quality grade stuff. Bro. <laughs> uh, the pharmaceutical grade testosterone. Yeah. yeah. Um, some, uh, TRT, uh, oh, the testosterone, testosterone replacement therapy. therapy. Yeah. yeah. That's one way. Or two, you can get in the back of a fitness magazine and look up uh, Mexico and get some steroids. <laughs> one or the other, you're fine. My, uh, That's all you got to do. My barometer for taking supplements or anything like that is I would never take anything that had a picture of a horse <laughs> or had the name Quine in it, had a number, or I had to take in a vial. 
that was like my hard criteria when I was, when I was like in high school, you know, trying to take everything under the sun to get big. That's where I drew the line. I remember those ads with the, the horse and the steroid pills and shit like that. Like, see, and some people listening, they're like, what are they talking about? Like, yeah. You no. used to be able to flip back in the magazines of these like bodybuilding magazines yeah. and they'd have all these supplements supplements this is way well, before the internet supplements yeah. with the quotations yeah because they're definitely supplementation of illegal of steroids. yeah, yeah. <laughs> illegal things and uh but yeah they always had this picture of the horse you get some horse steroids yeah it was always i was always fascinated by that like i wonder who and all the this. addresses were offshore <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it's oh it's i remember funny. looking back at some of the supplements i took in my early career in the air force and uh, some of those contains substances which are now banned Band, by yeah. the N NCAA mm -hmm. and even uh, the military. Like I was taking like low grade amphetamines with some Jack of the pre-workout. Yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack 3D, 3D yeah. Um, up your gas. Uh, my favorite was, um, was it uh, ultimate orange? Ultimate orange. Yeah. No, but we used to call it agent orange. Cause that's what you felt like. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'd start sweating. Yeah. You can see sound, but man, you get that pump. Yeah, dude, that was some good stuff. I used to triple scoop that Jack 3D. <laughs> I really did. Like be ready to go. You know, it's funny. We're talking about steroids real quick before we get into the high performance. But uh, Tony, who listens to our show, goes to our gym. He told me to uh, watch this documentary, Icarus. Oh, Icarus. Icarus, oh, Icarus, whatever. Bro. Dude, I didn't realize you hadn't seen that. I just assumed you did, but I saw it about a year ago. And yeah, man, thanks for telling me about it. Well, like I said, I figured you knew because, you know, you're, you're Brody. That's what you do. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, yeah it, but I thought it was pretty cool. If you haven't watched it, look it up. It yeah, is it's on, on Netflix. Yep, Netflix. If you probably search hard enough, you can find it probably on someplace where I you couldn't. won't have to pay for it. I couldn't. I tried. <laughs> I'd get my buddy's Netflix code. <laughs> I don't have Netflix. No, I do. I just, I'm on his Xbox account. But um, yeah, he has like, I don't know how many people on his profile. But yeah, look it up. It's pretty legit. And why I want to bring this up is that this guy, basically, he wanted to, he was a amateur, amateur cyclist. cyclist. He performed, it's, it wasn't the tour, but it was the equivalent to the amateur version of the uh, tour de France. Yeah. It was maybe like 10 days or so. Yeah. But it was basically, if you took all the tours, hardest 10 days that mm -hmm. they had and ran them back to back, that's what this, that's what this race was. Right. With so designed only for amateurs and mm -hmm. they don't do drug testing. No, they I do. I can't remember. No, they, they, they do. do do drug testing. They do drug testing. No, actually they don't. You're Is right. That what it, okay. But he wanted to. He wanted to, he, so he tested, I think he finished like the top, you know, 13. Top, yeah. He yeah. was, he was in the top percentage, top tier. Yeah. He's top 1%. He's well within striking distance. Yeah. He was in the top 1%, yeah. I would say 2% of all riders. And, um, and while he's telling this part of the story, he said that there's always these rumors of people doing steroids, but not getting caught, you know, and him being a purist, he was like, well, how can these people be taking steroids and not getting caught? No, not only that, but the, he said, you know, the couple guys ahead of him, they were better, but then the top five guys were just on a different level. And uh -huh. he was trying to figure out why they were on a different level. Mm -hmm. Researching it does, he wants to go through steroids and he wants to go for an entire year, train for an entire yeah. year on steroids. And he wants to document it. And he documents the whole thing. Well, in the end. Now, don't tell the end, man. I'm not. <laughs> in the end, he gets, before he does a race, he gets a, and through his training, he gets a 30% improvement okay. off of his times and things like that. So me and Tony were talking about this. That's what this is about. So I think he has a 420 back squat. Okay. We times that by 0.3, 30% plus 420. 
So if he, in one year, he was just on these, and these weren't like hardcore steroids. These were steroids that kept you just below the threshold and wouldn't be suspicious on a drug test. They, like uh, he, he wasn't like straight up just doing horse steroids and just trying to get his jacket. No, but he definitely, he, he would have been popped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, he we went from a 420 pound back squat in one year to 546 pound Good back God, squat. God, that's 500. What, 546. So that's what shows you that, that what 30% is, Looks right? Like, yeah. Right. So say you have a 300 clean times 30. So you go from a 300 clean to a 390 clean in one year. So that shows you what 30% is. That's insane. What does that do for my double unders? Uh, you still fail. <laughs> you were 30% faster at attempts. <laughs> no, but isn't yeah. that nuts? Like what 30, what 30% sometimes people like, ah, oh, 30%, that's not much. When you go from a 300 clean to 390 clean in 12 months, that's pretty legit. Yeah. yeah. Cause even like, if I say, well, you get a 30% discount off your meal, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But when you put it in the terms of weight, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so have you seen it yet, Jenna? Mm-hmm. What'd you think of it? It was, it was like mind blowing, just whole thing. Yeah. I don't want to like spoil it. Yeah, but we don't like, want to for you. No, there's, it goes much deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the percent yeah. and, and what actual, we were talking about the 315 steroids mm-hmm. and what it does. Yeah. That's relative. Now we understand that if I go from a 300 clean to 390 clean in yeah. 12 months and all I did was do this. You, you train the same. train the same. But you do, just yep. took some steroids. But yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, watch it. and. Uh, DM us when you watch yeah, it. Yeah, please do. Yeah, because your mind's going to get blown. Yep. Because it takes a serious left turn. But it's a, it's a great flick though. Then a right turn, then a left turn, then a right turn. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a really Because it's not NASCAR. Way. No. <laughs> okay, so. What were you, she was saying something. I don't remember. We asked her if she's seen it. Yeah, she what said. she thought. Yeah. She was getting ready to say it and we interrupted her again. You saw it? Yeah. It was good. I mean, I liked it a lot. The last part, more than like the steroids, I guess. Um, the, the at the beginning, story behind yeah, the actual yeah. story. Once it starts but, to unravel, yeah, I don't want to like spoil it, so yeah. I'm not gonna say more. But yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, I think all around, like when you look at sports movies or sports documentaries, I'd, I'd say it's probably in definitely in my top five, probably. Oh, hands down, yeah, hands down, and because of how complex it was mm-hmm. and how eye opening, because you always like. I don't care if you do steroids, do them. I don't care. Don't bitch when you get popped though. That's mm-hmm. just the re- reality of it. So yeah, watch it. It's going to blow your mind. And then DM us for sure. Yeah. You can DM me while you're watching it and I'll watch it. While you <laughs> we'll pick it up where you yeah. left off. Okay. So high performance, but without steroids, what, yeah. are we, what are we talking about here? Uh, well, I mean, definition is what better, faster, more efficient, more efficient. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what it becomes. You know, I think high performance you know, I think we, most people will never give themselves credit at performing at a high performance, but they always strive for that. You okay. know what I mean? So, um, it's almost like when you, when you, when you think someone's successful and you try to define their success, someone tries to define your high performance. I don't, you know what I mean? Like on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. I think this is pretty personal. I think high perform- okay. performance. That's, I pretty- think that's a fair uh, way to kind of measure this. You know, high performance is relative to the individual. Yeah. And you know, people on the outside, they have no idea what's going on and, and what your walk don't know is, where, you came where from, you're yeah. at, what you're, what you're working through. So I think high performance is very relative to you and 
very interpersonal that, you know, you kind of hold close to the vest, but at the same time, I think what we're going to discover is that I don't think you're ever, you ever reach it. Yeah. And I think the mistake or the error that people make when they hear the phrase high performance, they're thinking like uber competitive, ultra athlete, top 1%. No. Yeah. No, it's high performance, high performance, no matter. I mean, it's just no matter what skill level you're at, you know, I would say most people that do CrossFit want to become better. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they want to perform at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And then just like I think, people don't consider themselves an athlete because they don't compete, but they're actually are, they're actually are an athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to compete and you don't have to be a regional games competitor or an Uber competitor to perform at a high performance. Like, and you shouldn't let that limit you from trying. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to be, be a better version of yourself? Yeah. You don't want to PR. You don't want to get your double wonders. You don't <laughs> want to do handstand walks. You don't want to get your first, RX ring dip. You don't want your first RX pull up. Yeah. With rare exception. I I don't think any athlete will just look at their coach and say, "Ah, I don't want to PR today. Rare exception. Rare. (laughs) It's very rare. (laughs) So where did this all start? Like with the better piece, how do we become quote better? Oh, well, I mean, once again, I guess that's kind of defined by you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, unless you have a coach like laying your stuff out for you, um, becoming better just, you can come into the gym. Obviously you're going to get better daily. We talk about the minimum you should come in three days a week to maintain fourth, fifth day is where you start making the, 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 gains. the gains because mm-hmm. you're exposed to more, the more you work out typically the more condition you get. If mm-hmm. you, if you come in and work out five days, five days a week in our gym and you're, you make progress. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know this through our nutrition meetings and then they want to take a next step. I'm like, okay, let's add in one day of extra work per week. So that's like a whole nother workout. So in essence, you're working out six days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we do that performance goes up. Hey, let's try to add in two or three. So now they're working. The workload goes from five to eight. Okay. Well, how's that going? You're talking about the extra work. Yeah. Okay. You're not like creating an extra 24 hours somewhere that we don't know about. No, no, it's it's (laughs) 20 minutes around 20 minutes or less usually. And, uh, you know, they'll get a snack or they'll just get done with the workout and then they'll roll right into it. What's mm-hmm. unique is and what I tell them, the benefits of this. Okay. So if, if we're doing nutrition, you would take the next level. It, it doesn't, isn't just food. It isn't just working out. It's like when you combine them together, then you combine sleep, water, supplementation, you know, all this mobility, flexibility, mm-hmm. you combine all that together and you get like this perfect storm mm-hmm. and you like take these huge leaps. Mm-hmm. Well, I talk about when, when they get, when they start doing this extra work, okay. And they, it starts upping their conditioning. Okay. So now they can go into the daily workouts and they can hit those harder, longer, faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which in return increases their work capacity. Mm -hmm. When they hit them harder, longer, faster, when they do the extra piece on the back end, they can hit that longer, harder, faster because they're they're improving their conditioning from the wad. Right. And they're getting stronger because they're PR and then they do the extra work and they can hit that harder, longer, faster. Well, since they hit that harder, longer, faster, it adds into their wad again. Like Mm -hmm. it keeps compounding. It's like interest. And And, And I think an easy way to, to express that in terms of the compounding that you're talking about is in the inverse. When you take, when you're working out one day and taking six or six rest days, Levana <laughs> <laughs> shots fired. I always say that because we had our nutrition the other day and she said, I'll listen to your podcast 
Justin Lavana, how many times you been in the past two weeks? One time. She's like, you know what? When I heard Mo say one, if, one, one, work. Day, one day, one work day and six days off, she said, I just started laughing because I so what I just did. <laughs> so what's up, Lavana? We're changing that though. Yes. It's all about changing, being a better you. But I think if, if you flip, if you flip it around, yeah. you know, it's easier for people to see the negative, the negative, of course, because it's probably safe to say more people have taken six rest days than more people that have done eight workouts in a week. Yep. Uh, yeah. I would say you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And if you've taken those rest days, you can see how you're, cause deconditioning happens as fast as what? Seven oh, days. I don't know the actual time frame. I know that strength wise, we, we, re- we retain our strength for a longer period of time. Conditioning, we lose quicker. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we also get back conditioning quicker than we do relative strength. Okay. So I can see, I see people, let's say for whatever reason they get busy and they miss an entire squat cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they come back in and we go, they're not even in squat basically for 16 weeks. Cause we're in a different, say we're in a different strength cycle. Cause we do every eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So we have back squat. We max that out. We're in a different set of strength. They go through the workout for the next eight weeks. They retest their back squat when we roll into the new cycle and they PR. Because <laughs> they've had all that rest. <laughs> I, you know, but just mind blowing. Like yeah. I just sometimes just throw my hands up. Like maybe what I'm doing doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe I'm wasting my time yeah. with all these red notebooks. <laughs> right. Because they just can't, they haven't, they haven't squatted in 16 weeks and they just hit a 20 pound PR. <laughs> like what, are you on that extra chicken with, breast? With unlaced nanos. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that. It at least gives you five pounds. So Jenna, when we're talking about the, um, the starting piece, like how hard is it to get yourself into that rhythm of going from, we'll say that GPP person like myself gone three days a week to making that commitment to doing the extra work and going and before and doing the extra workouts or going extra days. Like how, how does that start? I think you just have to find a reason like your why, I guess, um, why you want to be better why you want to take it to that extra level. I know for me at first it was not so much a performance thing, but more on how I looked. Mm -hmm. So when I first started my main goal, I focused more on physical change than anything else. I didn't really care about like getting better or anything. When Mm -hmm. I first started CrossFit, it was just, I don't want to be chunky anymore. And, um, I did only come like two or three times a week and I didn't understand why I wasn't seeing change. So, mm-hmm. um, Brody was like, you have to come more than this was like at our old gym. Um, so I started coming more and just doing little extra things like going for a run or whatever, taking the dogs for a walk. Um, I didn't really get that competitive. I, I don't know. I think like once you're competitive, you're always kind of competitive. Um, I didn't feel that way when I first started though. I didn't, I think maybe like four years ago is when I first noticed like wanting to go that extra. To do the extra work. Yeah. But I don't know. I think you go through periods of time of, at least for me doing that extra work and then not wanting to do it either. Cause you'd rather not. Cause it's hard. It's not eat. <clears throat> It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, that's what, you know, it's the term work now, bro. When you're having that conversation with an athlete, 
hey, coach, you know, I'm coming this many days a week and I'm not seeing any gains. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know as, as a coach and a trainer, you see the gains in the athlete. And a lot of times athletes are the last one to give themselves credit for anything that they've, that they've done or improved on. Every fucking Like time. to the point where you're banging your head up against the wall. But when you. Yeah, I feel like I'm not progressing. What did you clean yesterday? Uh, 160 pounds. What was your max before that? 140. Okay. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> I'm no mathematician athlete, but, but yeah, you gain 20 pounds in one cycle. It's, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? That conversation usually happens after mm-hmm. they struggle in a workout. Okay. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm falling off. I'm like, you suck at these movements. Like, it's just the reality of it. Like you know, CrossFit will find your weakness for you. Yeah. Don't be mad when you get exposed. And then, yeah, this is the conversation we have. So then let's advance that conversation a little bit where this athlete's doing, you know, coming those three days a week, you know, and they're kind of maybe actualizing some of their improvements, but then they're like, okay, well I'm hitting this wall. What do I, you know, how do I get over that? How does that conversation go? And you, when you have to convince them, you have to start sacrificing more time to come into the gym to do extra work to get to that fourth day. Couple times or a couple things. One, I can see it on their face and be disgruntled or discouraged or mm-hmm. upset or whatever. And you're like, Hey, what's going on? You, are, you already know where this conversation's going, but yeah. you just need to, yep. you need just to kinda, ignite it. Yeah. Here's the old olive branch. Come on <laughs> over, buddy. Let's have this convo. Um, two, uh, I'll get a message. I usually get a message uh, from Facebook or, uh, my phone, whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll send me a message. I just got one the other day from someone and I uh, just ready to take that next step. And, and that's kind of where the conversation is. And then we'll set that time up. If we don't, if we don't get it hashed out, then we'll set a time up to be like, All right, have well, the discussion. Yeah. Let's have that discussion and get some goals and, and you know, but they also understand if they reach out to me, I'm going to be completely honest with them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not going to be a dick about it, but you know, don't come five days a week. And I know that you eat like shit and I'm going to say, cause you cannot trade a bad diet. You cannot. And so I always compare it to like, um, I'll do our nutrition, like our, our first, um, the initial or yeah, our, our first initial talk and, um, all right, like, okay, we'll, we'll start, we'll start breaking down what they eat. And, and once we go over a certain set of things and then we start, okay, let's start, let's start talking about what you eat. And I was like, what'd you have for breakfast yesterday? And then, okay, write it down and go through. And I'm like, I get through and like the timing's perfect on some people. And what they're eating is like fucking like on point. Like this is not matching that. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's not matching your body type. Yeah. So I always compare it. Are you flossing your teeth the day before you go into the dentist? Because you know, they're going to lick your teeth or what's going on. Like, you know, are you telling me what I need to hear? You no, know, they just start eating it two days oh, before because okay. they knew they were meeting with me. Okay. They're not telling you about what they've been eating for I the said, past 45 days. Yes. They tell me what they've been eating the last two. You know why three. I know what you've been eating in the past 45 days? Because I check your Instagram. <laughs> it looks great. Like next time bring me some. Fact, I was mad you didn't ask me out yeah. for chicken wings. Yeah. But I think that's it. kind of how it starts. And then we, we, can, we break that down. But, you know. So then we talk about faster. Is that a result of um, all that improved work? or all that increased work faster. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's, it's exposure. I'll compare fast to barbell cycling. Okay. That's a pretty quick movement. We can't cycle a barbell until we're efficient in the movement. 
Okay. So meaning if I, I have to know how to do that clean or that snatch like perfectly, mm-hmm. like, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Cool. Perfectly. I have to do it. I have to do it that way. And only until I can perfect this movement, can I then start going fast? You know, it's, okay. you know, slow, smooth, so smooth, yeah. slow, smooth, smooth, fast type of thing mm-hmm. where some people, uh, I see it all the time on freaking Instagram stories. Like I just got to detach myself from that sometimes I think, but it's so bad. Like there's a point to go fast and there's a point where it's reckless. And I think that's where people, people would go fast and it looks good. They have very good movements as mm. far as that lift goes. There's been a lot of time and energy invested into that person moving that fast and efficient. They've invested time and energy mm-hmm. to pay attention, to listen, to get their loads, whatever it may be. And then the person who's reckless, that is just like hitting, like, you know, on a snatcher, not getting into the pocket, they're hitting the top of the knee and they're just throwing their hips into the bar to get it overhead. They're using, they're not even using the leg drive. the bar out. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's a point if we have Randy, you know, 75 pound power snatches for 75 for time, reps, yeah. muscle snatching the shit out of that. That's okay. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if we're trying to move a moderate weight and it's reckless and they're trying to go fast, you see it. I mean, I actually just on our break, I watched this PR video of the snatch. It was just horrendous. Like a catching the bottom, looking up at the bar, both arms bent as the bars above them in a full squat, pressing it out, looking up. And then standing up with it, like it's legal in CrossFit, though it is. But I'm just saying, like <laughs> that's that's not that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. And why it's not good? Because now you're going to hit a you'll eventually hit a wall. This person hit a PR. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, when they got to do their percentages, they're going to have they're going to failure. I would never allow that in our gym mm-hmm. because I know when they get to the ninety percent, they're going to fail these lifts, mm-hmm. and then we're going to basically screw up their this entire the cycle. Progression. Yeah. So. I think when you want to go fast, you really got to get really good at the movement, whatever that is. Like you may have to break it down. Maybe you suck at the clean and you suck at cycling the barbell. Take that, start taking that from the hang and start how, learning how to do the hang. And I'm not talking about rebounding your hang cleans. I'm talking about going from the top of the knee up to the pocket, you know, doing it proper, staying over the bar, lats engaged, shoulder blades squeezed together, head up, chest up, driving with your legs, not pulling with your arms, things mm-hmm. like that. Get good at that. And then when you're good at that, then you can start cycling things, which increases your speed, which is faster. And then when that's faster, your times decrease. Butterfly pull-ups from kipping, you know, that's another good one. You kip, we want to go faster because we want our friend time that's sub four minutes mm-hmm. or sub three minutes. You have to have butterfly pull-ups. There's just no, no other way about it. You cannot do it with kipping. Okay. So you, you can't, yeah. The, the efficiency that you're searching for in order to meet that time constraint yeah. you just mentioned cannot be met. Um, through with the a, with a kipping or strict pull up, no, it can't be. Yeah, and if it's any, like anybody else, when they first start the butterfly, they're like the most. Moth. It is like a <laughs> a fish out of water, Moe's What it is, it's like it's a flopping. Yeah, but I was the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, do some emoms, get that tightened up, get that kip working, learn the timing that you can't stay underneath the bar. You got to you know you got to pull yourself to the bar and push yourself away mm-hmm. and learning how that sequence goes and how it feels how it feels try to keep your toes pointed try to keep from flying yeah, the side keep tight. Yep. yeah it's just and then when that happens if you put the time in yeah it's going to be slow as hell at first okay like today we have we had um we had two workouts they're both two rounds is back to back and they're both for time 
And it was, the first one was 50 wall balls, 30 ring dips, two rounds for time. And then it went into 30 dumbbell thrusters, 90 foot handstand walk for two rounds for time. Carrie's doing ring dips. Okay. And she's, she's tells me ahead of time. It's like, should I do all 30? I struggle with them. I'm kind of slow, but you know, 60 was going to take me forever, blah, blah, blah. So she's over there and I, for her first set of like five, she's doing strict, strict ring dips. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why aren't you kipping? Well, I, I don't do them very well. Well, is this not the time to practice? You know what I mean? And she agreed. Like sometimes you think about that. You try to get, you try to do what you know how to do uh-huh. and, but you suck at it. And the fact that you can only go so fast and so long before you fatigue doing strict ring dips. But it's sometimes you fail to recognize that this is a training a growth opportunity, yes, a training this opportunity. A, like, okay. Like this means nothing today, but yeah. if we can learn how to properly kip and learn that timing, that sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we don't have a great score today on that, but what if we start learning what that is to, to, you know, go down with legs straight and bring your knees to your chest and press it at the same time. Cause a lot of people, they press up and kick down. Well, mm-hmm. it does nothing. We got to bring your knees to our chest, learning that timing. Let's sacrifice a couple workouts with ring dips, learn that. So then you can go faster or longer, which will do what increase your overall times. And then up and with that, you become more efficient. Yes, absolutely. With that being said, talking about the better, faster, more efficient by possessing those three qualities. Um, in your overall fitness, does that arbitrarily make you a high level athlete? No. <laughs> well, why not? You just told me that's what I need to do. Yeah. I mean, now you have to execute. Okay. okay. It's, you can't put the cart before the horse. I mean, that's just the way it is. You have to do these three things. Um, and it don't have to be these three things. It is a process. And I think sometimes as CrossFitters, uh, I, my biggest challenge for some in class is, They're too caught up. People get too caught up in their scores and times and going fast, fast, fast because they want to go. And I understand that to a point. But sometimes we need to pull back a little bit like, hey, let's let's freaking get better at this today. Like, you know, don't walk like don't walk, run past me because you just finished your element because I'm coming over to to, to say something to mm-hmm. fix this. And I want to fix this. And Carrie is a good example. Like, let's let's get good at this today and let's learn something. And you know, let's use this training time. Let's use this training time. And then, then what happens is when you get those elements, you know, you become, you know, better, you become more efficient you become faster and like that and things like that. Then now you have to take those elements and then you have to apply them to workouts mm-hmm. and learn how to like almost use your skill set inside mm-hmm. of a workout. And then when you can use your skill set inside of a workout, then you can start performing at a much higher level and have higher performance because it's now it's no longer random. You know, I'm getting ready to do this uh, athlete camp here. In uh, a couple what do you call weeks. it? Like a, like competition PRs. Like you said, you were able to do this thing one time. Okay. But can you do it three more times in the gym on Wednesday? Right. I mean, it's competition. <laughs> You're all amped up. The crowd's yeah. got you amped up, but yeah, one muscle up doesn't mean you have muscle ups. That means you have a muscle up. Mm-hmm. Like most sues you that hundred times. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I mean, like this athlete camp, I'm getting ready to do it. And this is stuff we're going to talk about is it's not just, it's learning who you are and learning what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then learning how to operate inside those constraints, because we all have constraints. We all have limitations limitations, right? and we all have certain abilities that exceed others. Okay. We may be better at cycling barbell than we are doing a, a hard gymnastic movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
we have to learn about ourselves and learn how to work then work within those constraints. And then once we learn how to work in those constraints, then we can start performing at a higher level because now we're executing things with a purpose. And I think that's where it's at is I, if I know that my max set of pull-ups is 20, okay. And that's to failure. Okay. And I have a hundred pull-ups. I can't do my first set and go to 20. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at failure. Okay. Now, now you've already redlined and you still got 80 pull-ups. 80 do. pull-ups. I already know it. A hundred pull-ups, the last 20 or the 25 are the hardest. And so what do you do? Like, if you know that your max set is 20 and you got to get to hundred and you can't go to 20, well, I would say, let's start, let's just hit and hold fives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just stay quick and efficient at fives and let's just keep going there. When those fall apart, let's go to fours and let's go to threes. Let's go mm-hmm. to twos. Let's go to ones. And then by the time that happens, you're done. But if I go and and I know my max set is 20, cause I've tested it in a setting of another class at another time where we had 50 and I did 20 and the last 30 took me 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you burn yourself out. That's something that you learn. Now you can take this to the hundred and be like, okay, last time I did 20 and I did those in 30 seconds. And then it took me another two and a half minutes <laughs> to do 30. Pull-ups. Okay. So I know that I can't do that, but the only way we do that is we have to learn about ourselves and that's through testing. I think sometimes, uh, individual humility can kind of obscure how athletes view themselves. You think? <laughs> so, um, do some of these high level athletes ever, um, not perceive themselves as performing at high levels? I think you should ask the, our counterpart that question. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm sure you always want to be better. So I think it's hard to feel like you've ever reached that level, mm-hmm. but what is the, what's, why is it so hard to acknowledge to yourself that you're good at a thing? Cause I don't think I am <laughs> like me personally. I don't think I compare myself to like top level athletes, I guess. I don't really compare myself to other people like from a different gym down the road. Mm-hmm. It's more like, why can't I, why am I not doing what they're doing? Why am I not capable of being able to do what they're doing? And why haven't I achieved that already? If I am good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause I know I do work hard, but I'm not that good, obviously. So, <laughs> but at the same time, I haven't seen you stop doing what you're doing though, for the time that I've met you. I have my periods, <laughs> but I've never seen you just like go and like burn your weight belt and your nanos in the parking lot. Sometimes <laughs> it's happened. Uh, no, I mean, I go with my motivation goes up and down. Just like, you're never going to get there. I mean, it's like you have a little devil on one side and an angel on the other. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, you can do it. You got it. And then other times it's like, nope, you're not, you're never going to achieve it. You've already been working this hard for how long and you're still not there. So yeah. you might as well just give up. <laughs> she has two devils. There's <laughs> I guess, but I mean, when I'm in the middle of a workout, it's not, I mean, other than the open, honestly, but if it's like a community or an everyday workout, it's not something where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to give up. I mean, that's very rare. Most of the time it's just, I don't, it's almost like brunt work. Like I just turn my brain off and I just do it. I don't, that's the work you have to do. Yeah. I'm just doing to it. To get yourself to those opportunities. Yesterday when we did a workout, um, like Brody told us at the whiteboard too, but um, it was like strict press at 75 pounds 
there was 10 of them, 20 hang power cleans and 10 strict pull-ups for an AMRAP. Mm -hmm. And the hang power cleans are really light. So you could fly through them, but you really have to think about it. And it's, I don't stop thinking of those things. Like when I do come in, like I don't stop like strategizing, even if I'm like down on myself or something, I just kind of, I guess I have it. But something I've heard you've told me is that when there's something on the line, you tend to have more issues than when it's just a workout you come and do on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I have a loss or I start comparing myself. So what is it about is something as simple as a title or a scorecard that makes it challenging for athletes to get over that? I think it's just a comparison game, honestly, but I don't know how to really get over it. Also, I've already done it. Oh, true. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to compare it to anything. You're in the middle of a workout. You don't know anybody else's scores. It's Friday night. Mm -hmm. No scores have been submitted except for the top two games athlete who did that. And then there's nobody to compare. So I don't, I think you still have self doubt though, going into it. Like you're not as good as those other people who top level athletes, whoever you're competing against, whoever's beating your score. That's like why I stressed out so much during the open, but you don't, no one knows anybody's scores until Wednesday. Typically, you know where you're at on the leaderboard. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's be, before you even submit your score. I mean, let's say it's Friday night. You don't know where you're at. That's just the reality of it. So I think that sometimes you get a workout and you think you should perform at X. This is, it's in my it, grace. Yep. Yeah. That's, that, that's the one I always look forward to. Oh, grace. I'm going I'm to get it. Yeah. And, you know, but then when you don't, I want to do, I need to break two minutes. And when you get two Oh six, you're pissed. Yeah. Well, I suck. I didn't perform well. <laughs> Let me go burn these lifters. You know, who's pissed. The five other people that's still at that 15, they're, they're at 15 at your two minutes. Okay. So sometimes you have to put that in perspective. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, top end athletes and even everyday G GPP people, you have to understand that like one workout does not define you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It never will. It can, it can never, it can, even if it's the final workout, at the most, the most pinnacle part of your CrossFit career of any level, okay, and you do not perform to your expectations, that does not define you. No. It's one workout. One workout does not define a whole year's worth of work. Okay, we need a collective. We need an entire- A body of work. Body of work, and in my opinion, I don't think the Open defines anybody correctly because if you look at the top level athletes, if we want to take the top tier and you look at it, if the the top 50, the now probably the top 100 are pretty replaceable depending on what interchangeable work, how, how, how the, the workout was a little bit different. Yes. Okay. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So that does, so that body of work still doesn't define even the absolute best who train all the time for this. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times it's our own insecurities, our own expectations that we have of ourselves. When we fall short of where we think we should be, we melt down and fucking, you know, we start losing train of thought and we start losing side of what the big picture is. Are you fitter than you were last year? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you better than you were yesterday? Mm -hmm. Have you been putting the work in? Are you working on these things that we talk about becoming better, faster, and more efficient? Have you put the time and effort into that? And I watched this, watch this interview with um, Josh Bridges and the one year he didn't make out of regionals. He, he openly admits that he, I'll have to send this to you. He openly admits that he, 
was going into regionals and working off his past accomplishments. Mm. his entire training year. That's how he trained. He wasn't training as much. He wasn't mm-hmm. putting the work in. I'm Josh Bridges. I'm Josh I'm Bridges. Make, yeah. I've made it three straight times at regionals. I'm going to go in and get it. And he said, when those workouts came out, he's like, holy shit. I, I'm not ready. <laughs> I, I'm not good at any of this. Uh-huh. None of this. And guess when the only year he didn't make it through regionals was? Was when he didn't prepare. When he didn't prepare. It's when he got complacent and th- tried to, you know, people will often, you know, you <laughs> I'm a regional athlete. Oh, what year did you go? Uh, 2012. It was 2019. <laughs> what, happened, what happened from 2012 to 2018? Like, why didn't you go then? Oh, you know. So even them going to regionals one time does not make them a regional athlete. Yes, you competed there, but it's been seven, six, seven years mm-hmm. ago. You look at the era in which you competed. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. How much have you improved lately? Have you put in the work to improve your body at work? And if you have or have not, then that's going to be, that's your, that's your disappointment levels. Like if you put the work in, I guarantee that even if you fall short of what your expectation is, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel better because you did your absolute best. There's no way you could have performed better, but you just fell short based off of someone else's fitness, Mm. but you still performed your best for the entire year. And for me, you know, I can obviously speak comfortably for the GPP population. (laughs) You know, when I look at myself and I, you know, I'm heavily engrossed in CrossFit. It is part of my life um, in terms of not just uh, practicing it, but the culture associated Mm -hmm. with it ever since I've, you know, started learning about CrossFit about 2008, 2009. um, You know, there are plenty of moments in my life where I feel good about what I have achieved because I can recall and clearly remember those very first, uh, that very first year and that first month when I couldn't even get out of bed because I was in so much pain, you know, pain from just using my body in a way I'd never used it before. Um, coming off like the hip surgery, which I've talked about before being scared to run, mm-hmm. you know, and then, so first I walked 50 meters and I walked a hundred meters and then I walked 200, then I walked 400. Okay. Then I jogged 50 and I jogged hundred, you know, same thing. I was, I, that those little step aerobic boxes, yeah. like the first time I did a box jump, it was on one of those. And you'd have thought I was fucking jumping out of an airplane, dude. I sat there and I looked at that thing for a good minute before I jumped on it. Cause I thought I was going to die. Right. Okay. Didn't die. Okay. Jumped on it again. Still didn't die. Okay. Well, let me add two of these on there, you know? And I think, you know, at one point I've maxed out my, my box jump at like 50 inches, which if you t- would have told me that that first day of CrossFit jumping on that little step aerobic box, I told you you're full of shit, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think maybe for folks like me in the GPP realm, because we're, um, we know we're not going to achieve certain goals. Maybe it's easier for us to realize that, yeah, I've made these achievements, but also at the same time, there's plenty of people like you, like you're talking about, you know, they're sitting there and they're angry and they're upset and they had that look when they're going to send you that message like, Hey bro, I'm not improving. Okay. So this whole 40 pound or 20 pound improvement over your clean in one cycle, that's not an improvement. No. And you know, the thing is, then I'll go back. I'll go, I'll literally, I'll go back through their, cause I got, uh, I can see all their stuff. The, um, sugar wad. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll go back and I'll look at their stuff and I'll, I'll, I'll start like, okay, well you just PR this and you just PR this mm-hmm. benchmark or you just PR this lift last cycle you PR'd. I mean, we've hit back-to-back cycles of PR and all the lifts. So how you're not improving. 
because it's their state of mind where they're in. They're having a bad day. They come in. They're not. Mm-hmm. They didn't perform to what they expect. And that could be sleep, rest, stress, all that other crap that we just <laughs> all talk, the things we talk just about talking, routinely. Yeah, yeah, and it's. But we get so defined in this one moment of time, and I think that's where we get. It's not just the top athlete. I I see people in here daily that are just everyday member five days a week mm-hmm. coming in here, maybe hitting occasional extra work and they get, they want to perform well. And when they don't, they get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Well, why are you mad, bro? Well, I, I just got crushed on this or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Have you done anything to make that better? Oh yeah, I have. I was like, well, when's the last time you did it? Well, two months ago, it's a skill. <laughs> it's a perishable skill. Yeah, it's a skill. And that's where we, we often have people who fail is a skill level movement. Well, you can't tell me you did something two months ago and, and you, you practice, practice it, it in yeah. two months. It's like, it's like shooting or playing pool or throwing darts or whatever it is. It, even swimming, like, mm. or me playing paintball, I'd go out on the field right now and get blown off the field. When I, at one point I was executing a very high, high level. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, because it's perishable, I have yeah. not done it. So if I've not put the work in, don't be mad at your result, but I'm here to tell you that if, if you're mad about your result, we can do something about it. And this is, it's almost like a bitch stopper wake up call. Like, all right, you've put this off long enough. Let's hit it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's, and that's every, that's GPP is the same way. I mean, I see, I see more people upset yeah, and then your everyday CrossFitter or people who maybe have dabbled in competition. Mm -hmm. I see them just as upset as anybody. So what are some other contributing factors to performance? I think you just rattled a bunch of off, a bunch of them off right there. Um, uh, having a coach, you know, is always pretty key. Someone to mentor you through that, you know, and helping you get the tools and talking to you about how to get there. And oftentimes seeing your achievements, like you're mentioning that they're not seeing within themselves. Yeah. I mean, Coach is huge. I mean, I, I mean, it's just you to not have a mentor or someone that will call you out on your shit or be there for you when you fail mm-hmm. or give you something to help you get past a failure or see something you ain't feeling or sometimes hear, just hearing you bitch and complain about something has nothing to do with the workout or mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's, it's, it all contributes. It's Lawyer, like, priest, psychologist. psychologist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous, mm-hmm. but that's what a coach is, is for is it's, it's a good buffer. It's mm-hmm. a buffer between the athlete and workout. And that's what it is. Like you got the, the workout over here, you got the athlete here and you're right in the fucking middle because mm-hmm. they want to kill the workout, but then they're going to kill themselves because they think they suck at life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have you, to help <laughs> men, men bring all it, that. You have to bring it, it in, together yeah. and like, <laughs> why are you upset? Like <laughs> yeah. what, what happened? Or, or you call, you call them out on me. I, I'm critical. I, I call Jen out on stuff. I call other people on stuff. I, and that is, Hey, you can do better. Yeah. I've seen you do better. It's in you right now to do better. Why didn't you perform better? Yeah. Or what the hell happened? I, I use that a lot. Like what happened? What do you mean? What happened? Yeah. Why did you, why didn't you do as well? I did my best. So, no, you didn't do your best. <laughs> I've seen I know it, what yeah. your best is. Yeah. This was a, 80%, 85% of your best, there is better in you. So did something happen mentally? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at. Did something physically happen? Did you not dump your adrenaline before we got into it? Mm-hmm. What, you know, there's a lot that goes into this, but yeah. But also talking about that, when you're saying uh, picking those people up and showing them what they did right. Uh, one of one of our listeners and the girl who goes to my gym, Jen Davis, uh, it was a workout then and it closed out with some pull-ups and 
you could tell she was getting frustrated because she wasn't doing her pull-ups as fast as she wanted to do them. She funny how her brain does that. Right? Yeah. She, she, she got through them all. She did them all. Uh, no bands, nothing, you know, got up there. You know, and I could tell she was a little frustrated at the end as we're putting up our weights. I was, and she, I was like, Hey Jen, like a year ago, you couldn't even do an unbanded pull-up. Mm-hmm. You know? And she was like, Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, just kind of putting in perspective and just, it's that moment in time. It's yeah. when the clock go on, everybody else is going, everybody else is passing you because you were first in the rig, but last to leave it. Like that is, the, you know what I mean? It's like, that's always me when I'm with a bunch of short girls and it starts off with rowing, rowing or wall balls. <laughs> the yeah. First one off the rower, the last one off the, off the rig. rig. <laughs> um, another one, uh, we've talked about in the past and then, you know, maybe about time to rehash this topic, but mentality, yep, that's yeah. huge, that's huge. I mean, good golly. You can be in the best shape of your life and have the worst performance yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just because your head, because your head. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's, I think across all levels and all sports, I, you know, I research this, uh, from, and then you look at Navy SEALs selection, special forces type stuff. Same thing, man. It's not your biggest, fastest, strongest person. It's your person who can mentally hack it. Mm -hmm. Can you keep going when no one else wants to go? Mm -hmm. Can you ignore the noise and get the work done? Can you shut your freaking mind off and just suffer through it and understand that if you die, you won't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And if you, if you, if you are in in buds and you're in the pool and you drown, they're going to pull you up and you're going to be resuscitated. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, in that mo- like yeah. in that moment, it's this fear, this anxiety, this self doubt, this that primal part of your brain that says, I want to survive. How many people yeah. fail in a specific moment and then they, okay, let's take a workout, man. You know, this is 15 minutes after I do a workout. Dang, I could have, I could have went so much faster. Yeah. I could have went so much harder. If, if I would have held on you know, the bar for two more reps, I probably could have shaved some time off here. Yeah. Yeah. But 15 Minutes ago, plus one second. That was the worst that moment in your life. life. You would have traded anything to get out of this moment. Literally, you would have traded any and everything to, for this moment to end. But yeah. then 15 minutes later, you already have this self regret. Yeah. And I think that's where we often get crushed is we get so wrapped up and we put so much pressure on ourselves and we don't manage it. And this is in life and in performance and sports and everything that when we don't, when we don't manage it and we let it control us, Mm -hmm. it's just like a barbell crashing down on you in a clean. Like we have a, we have a saying, control the barbell. Don't let the barbell control you. Mm -hmm. I mean, we meet the bar at its highest point. point, We let it write it down. down, Okay. We don't wait for it at the bottom to slam down on us because it's going to hurt. You're going to be pissed because you failed it. Yeah. And then you're going to get yelled at for letting it crash on you, but control things that you can control. Now it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. People who are successful at a high level, they can manage their mentality a lot better. They can manage their, their, they can go to that dark place. Like I said, or they can, and you you can be GPP. Like you talk, you live Mm -hmm. in that place. It doesn't, you don't have to be this. I live in that pain cave on a routine basis. I got real estate in that bad boy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be this high level competitor. You know what I mean? But it's just crazy. Um, one of the things that, uh, I, I brought up when we were going and outlining all this stuff is, um, gotta, you gotta make the time Yeah, make it, find it somehow, because like you're saying, going from, you know, four workouts at a, or three workouts a week to maintain, and then plusing that up 
to start realizing those gains. If that's what you want, you're going to have to find a way to commit the time. There's really no two ways. (laughs) There's no way around it. Yeah. I've always said that it's, it's not an amount of work you do. It's the quality of work you do. But at the same time, if you have, if you struggle with something and you've not put the time in the additional time, mm-hmm. because what happens if you suck at bar muscle ups or you suck at chest bar pulls, but you haven't done them in a week mm-hmm. in the training for some reason, it just didn't get cycled into that week of training. So now you went one week without doing them. And let's say next week you missed the day for whatever reason, you have a soccer game mm-hmm. or baseball game, life happens. Life happens. And you miss chest the bar, bar muscle, whatever it is, you suck at again. Okay. Now you're two weeks. Well, then what if they're not scheduled again in the following weeks? So mm-hmm. Now we're three weeks. We're almost going a month without practicing. Pull ups, yeah. That's now an excuse. Okay. If you really want to get good at something, I use double wonders and it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. We just had our training course in. You want to, our, one of our last things is on the gymnastic aspect, and double wonders is part of the warm up. And we talk. Very frustrating for most people because mm-hmm. it doesn't take strength. Cause you can't pick something up that you can't pick something up. Mm-hmm. You're just not strong enough or have the technique. People get frustrated because it's a skill of jumping on your feet and timing your hands. Which, which with, in of itself seems so simple. When you see someone do it. Yeah. And oh my God, that's so easy. When you do it, you just, you are the worst at the, of the worst. Mm-hmm. But I, you say this, if you want to get better at them, come in before and after class mm-hmm. and practice 20 attempts, 50 attempts, whatever it is, set the number and do that for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You will start progressing. Okay. Then once you can add a couple up your attempts, when you do that, you're taking literally maybe three minutes of six minutes total additional a day to practice something that you really want to get. Mm-hmm. But if you don't set that time aside or you don't practice chest the bar or, yeah. or whatever it is, how can you be mad when we have 75 in a workout and you are the last off the rig and you, you cap out because you can't finish the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta make that time if you want to, if you want to be successful. And one piece that you poke, you poke at routinely uh, with about getting to that next level is nutrition. You know, you, you cannot train a bad diet. You've said that countless times and anybody that can disprove bro, um, let me know how that works. Cause I want to get on your nutrition plan. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm always down for a good debate. <laughs> like, bring your A game, though. This would be a hard one. Like, yeah, but nutrition, like once you're at that four plus times a week, you know, and your diet is not reined in. Yeah, you're not going to last. Yeah, but but if you start making that commitment to the nutrition as well as that additional work, I'm sure that's probably going to realize res- yield gains relatively quick. I've seen, I've seen people that are low on their nutrition, like what they eat mm-hmm. when they start on Monday by Wednesday, they feel better because of the carbohydrate intake. Yeah. yeah. Because the, you know, he had Joey just came off of keto and, and he did that for a long time and mm-hmm. it's all he's ever known. And remember, you only know what you know, yeah, you know, what you, you know what yeah. you know. So when I told him, he and it was working for him too. It did. It yeah. did. It's not sustainable though. That's mm-hmm. why it relapsed. And mm-hmm. Anything that you relapse on typically is not a sustainable way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So when I told him you could have potatoes and oatmeal for the first time. He was like, time, what? But literally. You're tricking me. Is good. Is that <laughs> midday crash? Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. sugar. Well, or the, the insulin. Yeah. Yeah. The midday crash from not having carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Just freaking tired. Had no energy. On Wednesday of the first week of him having this, he said he, he woke up, he woke up before his alarm before the 5.30 a.m. class. Like, 
See, and, and he wouldn't have routinely done that. Hell no. Yeah. And then he said, he comes in, he feels great, goes eat breakfast, goes to work. He's wide awake all at work all the whole day. So productive. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking this fast. Like he, <laughs> he, in our first meeting, he wasn't, he was like very down yeah. and like, just his whole persona has changed. Uh-huh. And all you do is give him a little bit more energy, give him some carbs, give him some carbs. <laughs> and, uh, that's, he's got him a little bit of carbs. and his food is like, I'm going to tell you straight up. I took almost 2000 calories away from him. Wow. And he's now having, he's yielding way better results. Uh-huh. But With you, less calories, but they're good calories. Like 2,000, I'm not joking. Yeah, that's I took, a lot. That's, oh, so I that's, said, Joey, that's a lot meant for some humans. Some people <laughs> eat like 2,500 in a day. A day yeah. I just took it away from him. Yeah. But he was way overeating his fat. He's uh-huh. lethargic and, and always down and always feeling heavy and mm-hmm. just all this other shit. And yeah, dude, you. I said, you're eating Thanksgiving every day. <laughs> Literally, you're eating that much fat every single day. Why do you think we fall asleep after? Yeah, yeah. I know turkey has that crap in it, but it's because we had 200 grams of fat yeah. is what it is. We just yeah. had pumpkin pie with whipped cream, yeah. ice cream, the fried turkey, this, I mean, it just goes on and on. Wait, do you have yams or sweet potatoes? I don't do either. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess like, you're the wrong person to ask. I do. Um, no, it all depends on what part of the, car, part of the country you're from. Cheesy, cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Like a pan of cheesy potatoes at one sitting. Me? Yeah. Uh, probably do about a fourth of a pan and then <laughs> nine by 13. Yeah. Easy. And one last piece on this, uh, contributing factors that I truly feel can be the one thing that we have some control over, but often has more control over us is our support system. Um, I can't think of how many people I've talked to that uh, choose to pursue, you know, a CrossFit methodology in terms of their fitness or any kind of fitness for real, uh, maybe more so CrossFit than others. Cause some people just don't like what we do, but, Oh, well, my boyfriend doesn't like me doing CrossFit or my girlfriend doesn't like me doing CrossFit mm-hmm. or my cousin told me it's dangerous or whatever. And then, Oh, are, are you still doing that CrossFit or they see you injured you know, Oh, did you do that doing CrossFit? You know, like I told you when I was deployed and I got hit with a gurney in the hospital, in my knee and people are like, Oh, did you, you do that doing CrossFit? No, it happened at work, you know, and uh, it just yeah. happened with Jamie. She just had a shoulder re- repair and uh-huh. post that she had a shoulder repair. And someone makes a comment about CrossFit, CrossFit being yeah. dangerous. And yeah. Actually, no, it was not from CrossFit. It will have, she was doing the Macarena. No, she has a, she has a bone <laughs> impingement in her collarbone. Oh, she got so, something shaved out. Yeah. Okay. And, and it basically rubbed the freaking tendon, uh, thin. Uh-huh. And that's all it did. It was a minor procedure. She's actually, she'll be in tomorrow and for the first time, but, but the first thing, yeah. First thing yeah. you get, I'm like, and I just, I'm like, these people are stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, support system. Man, I think that. The biggest part of support system and I see that's the problem is you have your, your, uh, everyday stresses as a, a human. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you come to the gym and you have a bad training session. Mm-hmm. Things don't go right. And now it's two, two strikes and maybe we'll add a third element that you're working up for something. Maybe you're in a training a cycle comment or something. Yeah. Right. Or maybe a, a test, you know, a good would be. Tasha just had a, she, oh, had, yeah, her she had her firefighter test. So she did, she's doing a lot of work for that. Mm-hmm. And so you could be whatever it is. And then when you have not done nothing but fail, who do you turn to? You have turned to a coach, mm-hmm. family member, someone you 
trust, a friend, mm-hmm. you have to have someone or some people in your life to be able to pull you away from that and like, okay, it's just a bad, bad day, mm-hmm. but that doesn't define you. This mm-hmm. is one day. Because yesterday you were killing it mm-hmm. and you're happy as shit. <laughs> and you come in and because you perform at a low level, uh-huh. you know, in quotations to what your standard is. Well, didn't you just work 18 hours straight or mm-hmm. didn't you just have to run your kids yeah. everywhere or yeah, you're did, going back to that? Why you suck at CrossFit episode. Yeah, it's just, you know? There's so much that goes into it and people sometimes have to back up, pull you back in. Like, Hey, you were just, you were running circles around me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're like giving everybody high fives. And then today you don't perform well and you're mopey mope, like <laughs> walking around all pissed off the world. Like, just come on back. Like mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have a support system. And then another big one is just to you need people who will just listen. Someone in your mm-hmm. life that can just listen and really not say anything. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times you get coaches who are helping people or your trainer, they're helping you and they're, they're trying to fix it. Sometimes people don't want to hear. Okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Some people just want to be My wife to- tells me to shut up a lot and just listen. It's really hard to do as a guy. Well, when you're trying to fix things and yeah. you're a coach. Yeah. So, I mean, you're well, like, in, in, in my last yeah, my military, last, my military career, yeah. my, my, like my last 10 years, my job was to help people and fix their problems. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to switch that part of your brain on when you're someone who is, uh, has a spirit of service, you know, you want to help people you know, and like, but my wife doesn't need that. And it's, I have to remember to shut that off and sh- shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I think there, there's a, an athlete coach relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then there needs to be uh, an athlete and someone else they can talk to oh. that is away from fitness mm-hmm. or can, can remove themselves from fitness. Mm-hmm. If they can do that, then they have the best buffer bu- buffers. Yes. Coach will hold you accountable. Coach will uh, correct your stuff. They're going to tell you stuff that you need to hear, not want to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they also will listen to you, but they'll also tell you, Hey, look, you, you last couple of days, you've been doing nothing but bitching and you've done more bitching than working. Like there's even a point to where you can only complain so much. The bitch to work ratio is way is, off. Is it's way like, off. it's like that Levana one to six. Like you can't. But when we're talking about having that person, Jenna, why are you pointing to Jenna? No, Cause Jenna had mentioned that piece about, you know, high these high level athletes have, you know, with the sports psychologist, you know, they might have a sports psychologist and a regular psychologist, you know, because they need people. Then you need both of those things. I think. Yeah, for sure. I've no you said you had friends. Yeah. yeah. They were like Olympian track athletes, but they had talked to me about doing sports psychology like a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that almost all of their teammates go to a sports psychologist and mm-hmm. they're like, it's the best thing. Like, if you want to be a competitive athlete, that's what you need to do. Like mm-hmm. it just completely changed their life. I mean, I don't know a lot about that, so, mm-hmm. but something to look into. So if any of you are sports psychologists, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I, yeah. I'm always down to dig into people's brains and that yeah. dig into people's brains. I've never done that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like inception, right? <laughs> You're like three layers. Deep. Yeah. Holy hell. That would be a, I might just trip out. Like, I'm gonna get some fine, fine beer that day and just like kind of just go sit back on the bean magic bag and just listen. Yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah. I, having that, you got to have buffers. Uh, if you don't have a support system of some sort yeah. and 
Like or, but, or even you have that negative support, you know, like I said, that's the, the, the worst. I, I just, yeah, dude. I, I, I feel for people that are challenged with relationships where their other person doesn't, even if you don't like what I'm doing, at least just be supportive or don't be negative about it. Yeah. We've talked about yeah. that. You know, sometimes you get people that are, are only one of the spouses coming here to work out. Uh-huh. The other one's so negative at home. It's like they leave here and then they're basically forced to leave the people they love mm-hmm. here as well that they've bonded with mm-hmm. because it's so bad at home. Cause they don't get the support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The negative support you got to like, you know, uh, when I had trained Alina, that was how her parents were. They were like those HBO specials. Like you see where the, the parents are always like in the business. That's how bad it was though. And it's, it's a serious topic. I fuck. We should even talk, do one on this. When you have, when you need to, you have school training coach home. Okay. If you don't have that separation of the different of parents where, where they all stay in their lanes. If you don't stay in the lanes mm-hmm. as a coach, as the athlete and as the parent mm-hmm. and as life, if you can't stay in that lane and you start trying to tap over in the other, it causes some chaos because you get this, you get these negative responses. Mm-hmm. Like there's already enough pressure on people. Okay. Let's say you are trying to get this, like Tasha, she was so nervous about doing this firefighter test, mm-hmm. but she'd been doing so much work and putting in the effort. Like she stacked the deck. Got to, yeah. but if you got someone that's trying to pull you off that, be like, oh man, I just did it and I failed or everybody fails this, but yeah, whatever. No one passes their first yeah, try. No one, yeah, yeah, no one. They're already putting the self-doubt. When you got someone that's already instilling the self-doubt into your head as an athlete, mm-hmm. holy crap. Athletes will latch on to the smallest grain of self-doubt. Of, of negative, yeah. Of the possibility of self-doubt. Yeah. Like just the possibility of possibly sucking. Mm-hmm. They'll like, that's what they'll focus on because- when you're trying to hit on all cylinders, you don't want to get out of your lane. You are, you're focused mm-hmm. like laser focused on X. You don't want to, when you, and, but when you have someone that yanks you out of your lane, mm-hmm. now you're like, what whoa, do I do? Whoa, where am I? Yeah. yeah. What am I? Yeah. Did I just teleport? Like what's going on? Like that's very challenging. So you got to get people that are trying to pull you out of your lane. Let's say you have a focus of completing X. You got to, you got to refocus, you mm-hmm. know? And if you don't, and you let that negative stuff that is either negatively affecting you, make your performance decrease, uh, not allowing you to get to the gym as much as you need to. And you have to, mm-hmm. because you have this goal, you got to get rid of it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're not going to perform well. When you don't perform well, you're going to be mad at yourself. When you're mad at yourself, you're going to think that you suck. When you think that you suck, you're going to lose your motivation mm-hmm. and your passion for something. And then yeah. it's just a revolving door. Yep. Just downward spiral. Pandora's there. box. There bro. you go, man. Uh, Jenna, any parting shots as we close this one out? I don't think so. I'm good. You guys said it all. <laughs> Was that a compliment? No. Okay. It's just tired. All right. <laughs> Take us out, bro. What do you got? Nah, just uh, keep your head up, man. You know, if you suck at something, work at it. We've yeah. talked about that. And uh, Work hard to suck less at whatever it is you suck at. Uh, don't let anybody try to define your high performance. Keep that to yourself. Yeah. And, but also like Mo said earlier, don't forget where you come from. Cause mm-hmm. as CrossFitters, I see it often. Remember Jenna was crying, swinging a 35 pound kettlebell mm-hmm. about six years ago. And now she's clean and jerking 225. Mm-hmm. Power clean and push jerking. Yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah. a little heavier than 35 pounds cowbell. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, this brings this week's episode to a close. I'm Mo and I'm out. I'm Bro and I'm out. Bye. Thank you for listening to the One More Rep Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at One More Rep Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. Like yesterday when we had hang power cleans and I know. What? Thank you. (laughs) What? Whenever you step on that, it translates into the. But I mean, just like yesterday. Those noises you hear when you step on it, that's you. I didn't hear it. (laughs) But yesterday, like when we did a workout. what? We need to make a video with this one, like a commercial. We have like a mullet wig and some uh, Zumbas. Why me? Sure, with the uh, not because you're selling your uh, your high performance training platform. Wow! <laughs> I don't know you wouldn't have guns like these. Don't use me as a fucking get body by bro, 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 bro. You better delete that, Mo. Okay. You got to snap. Oh. Just keep it in there. Don't. Just no, keep it in there because that was fucking horrible. No. Did you not know how to snap? Okay, Do you know better. that when you snap, it's actually not this that is making the noise. It's you're hitting this. It's this finger hitting this. Yeah. No, look at your, th- look, like do it slow. It's this finger hitting this. The palm? Yes. Hmm. That's making the snapping sound. It's it not actually your fingers. sound when I do that. Yeah. But you didn't know that, did you? Did not. Knowledge bombs. Knowledge bombs by by Jenna. NBJ. It. it is. <laughs> Bro's gonna make it happen. Yeah, he'll do anything to prove me wrong. <laughs> Won't happen. I, I can honestly count on maybe one hand how many major league babies I've given to. Cut him off. He's homebrews. I can count on one man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sound like you might be a little. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>